From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hey, J.R., the Republican-controlled Joint Finance Committee last week made some more moves regarding Governor Evers' budget proposal. It voted to increase funding for K-12 schools by a half billion dollars, which included an additional $100 million for special ed programs. Republicans say this is the most the state can afford and this is their best offer. But Evers had proposed nearly $1.5 billion for K-12 and says a half billion is inadequate. He also said he's optimistic that he can work with the GOP to get more money. Do you think they'll come to an agreement, and will Evers get a better deal? So the question is, what can Evers do to bring Republicans to his way of thinking? He's talked about public pressure. Um, he says it's still early in the process. He thinks they can negotiate. But we have seen zero signs so far that there's a relationship between Tony Evers and Republican leaders that leads us to think that they can actually reach a deal because they don't even seem like talking to each other. So what is that mechanism? What is his hammer to bring Republicans to his way of thinking? And we're still trying to figure out what that out what that is. But without some kind of some kind of like, I don't know, way to bring him to his way of thinking, I'm not sure how he gets Republicans off of their position because they feel pretty confident when you talk to him privately that if Evers were to veto the entire budget, that that would become he'd be the bad guy that that would be the public would blame him for the staying off of the, over the budget and that would be it. But I talked to other folks who've been through past budgets, so they're not sure that's what would happen. But we don't know because no governor has vetoed an entire budget since we went to a single budget bill in 1931. So it's hard to say how this would play out and, and how the public would react to a, a step like that. In another development, Congressman Mark Polkan of Dane County last week joined the chorus of House Democrats calling for impeachment proceedings to move forward against President Trump. Polkan was one of the first members of Congress in 2017 to talk about impeachment. How do you think his calls will resonate with his constituents? Uh, you know, he represents one of the most liberal districts in the state, um, one of those overly Democratic districts in the state. So he's not somebody who's worried about there being blowback from moderate voters or Republicans because his district's very, very safe. So I don't see there uh, much of a downside in that regard for him. Um, you know, they're a big part of his district is Madison, and there are a lot of folks in Madison who think the president should be impeached. That's where some of the base is at right now for Democrats. So for the most part, I'm not seeing or hearing anybody talking about there being any blowback for Pocan. The question is going to be, what do Democrats do? They have a they have a kind of a bigger picture issue nationally of, you know, does the public want to see the Congress move toward impeachment? What would that do? We're a year and a half out from the election. Um, would that <clears throat> inspire the Trump voters? Would it have a downside? I mean, there's a, a bigger discussion like that to be had about what those implications are. And Democrats are still wrestling with that issue nationally about how to proceed because there's a growing chorus in the House of Representatives looking at impeachment as an option, saying that the president's crossed a line. Um, now, if you look at public opinion polls, I don't know that public is there, but there definitely are segments of the Democratic base that are there on that question. And finally, conservative Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Daniel Kelly has made it official. He'll run for a full 10-year term next April. 
Dane County Circuit Judge Jill Karofsky also officially entered the race last week to challenge Kelly. And Marquette Law Professor Ed Fallone has thrown his hat into the ring. He was backed by Democrats when he ran for Supreme Court in 2013. Do you expect more candidates to enter the race, or might this one be low-key? Um, there are a couple more candidates who have at least kicked the tires and looked at it, but nobody's formally announced that they're getting in besides uh, Fallone and Karofsky. It definitely will not be a low-key race, however. The question really is, will it be overshadowed by the presidential primary. Remember that Wisconsin's primary for presidents is on the April ballots. So the same day that people are voting for Supreme Court in 2020, you could have a wide open Democratic field for president, drawing Democrats out to the polls. If that happens, it's a very tough environment for Daniel Kelly, but not necessarily an impossible one. Don't forget too, it's hard to say where that race will be come April of 2020. It's entirely possible that some candidate could catch fire you know, win Iowa, win New Hampshire, pull up a, another couple of early states, do really well the first Super Tuesday, and all of a sudden the race is kind of in the bag for somebody. And then Wisconsin doesn't really matter. But if Wisconsin is a contested primary come April of 2020, whichever candidate emerges from that February primary for Supreme Court as the alternative Daniel Kelly really could be in good shape to win that seat in the court because it's just, you're talking, we had a million people vote roughly in the Democratic primary for president in 2016. It's hard to see getting a million people out to vote just for a Supreme Court race on the Republican side alone. Um, usually you need something bigger to draw people out. Uh, Brian Hagedorn, conservative candidate, won with just more than 600,000 votes this April. So imagine going from that to a million. That's a big jump, and that usually requires something more than just a Supreme Court race to draw people to the polls. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.